Hello and welcome to the Kim's Got Podcast from Enroll. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Kim's Got is a recruitment training business and um, co-founded by myself, Ed Khan, and Laura Hopes. And each week we're going to be giving you 10-minute snippets into our world of recruitment, tips and tricks to help you on your journey as an agency recruiter and hopefully some laughs along the way too. We hope you guys enjoy. Hello everyone. Oh god, that was quite serious. All right, matron. <laughs> Hello Hi, everyone <laughs> from my room that Ed hates if you were listening to the last episode. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Um talking about my favorite subject this week, retained cert. Is it relevant for the market right now? Do you even want to take on retained roles? I've had so many people push back when I preach about retained search and their response is usually, I don't need that. I don't need that level of commitment from clients. I don't want to commit to clients. I make a shit ton of money, blah, 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 blah. And I've got so much to like Yeah. That's why something. Because I think where this came from, just to take it back a notch as well, is that the market went mental and then everyone stopped buying our retained search workshop. Mm. Do you remember? Yeah. Like people like we were selling a retained search workshop, and people just started being like, "That's not want it. Like, <laughs> I can't move for roles at the moment. Why on earth do I want people to retain it? I don't even know if I can fill my existing roles." Yeah. So the question I had to Ed because he said, "Let's do an episode on retained," and like any excuse he can to talk about yeah. it, and I was like. But do you think it's relevant? And so we thought we'd do this episode on why Ez believes it is. And I believe it is. But I think it's an important subject to talk about at this point because the market is going to shift at some point. Oh, God, I'm so good to go. I kind of felt like, you know those bulls? I know. Oh, you big, but, yeah. I'm going to rein you in before you. I'm like, set the scene. It's, uh, <laughs> for me, the biggest reason why, and one that will, I think, resonate with everyone who's doing contingent recruitment. Yes, 100% contingent recruitment can work, and it can work really, really well. But your fill rates, that's one thing I'd ask anyone that really champions contingent work. I'm like, tell me what your job fill rate is. And then I'll tell you the reasons why you should move to retained. Because I know I can make around six six hundred fifty to $700,000 a year comfortably. That's with less than 10 clients. And that's with a 100% fill rate. Guess how much work I'm doing on the candidate side and the client side. I know how much work I'm doing. I know what it's going to require for me to make that money quite easily because I'm not doing unnecessary work. It's all guaranteed work. You can put in the hours. You don't have to do the volume. Whereas a contingent counterpart, and I'm not saying this for everyone is the case, but just as a comparison to a contingent counterpart, billing 650 to 700, average fill rate is one in three. They are having to do three times the amount of work that I'm I'm doing. And the reason why I personally wouldn't do contingent is because I can build that in a much shorter input time than my contingent counterpart. 
And I've proven that because we run Keenscope alongside my recruitment business. And I can do 650, 700 comfortably year in, year out within two and a half days a week, three days a week. And I'm also doing all of our marketing for both businesses, everything that goes along with running a business or two businesses. And I can still build that because it's retained, because my fill rates are one in one. That's, yeah. Boom. Yeah. But I, and, and look, like, if that's not going to sell it to someone, I don't know if there is anything that will. And in our uh, membership group, uh, the last training session we ran on was that effective multiple job management. <laughs> And our overarching message in it was stop panic buying jobs. Yeah. And, and I think this is where, um, you know, the, one of the first hurdles with getting recruiters to think retained is they're like, but I don't want 15 roles retained. And it's like, yeah. that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for five roles retained. Yeah. You don't. And I think it's getting out of a, quant- a quantity mindset and yeah. getting into a quality mindset because. Oh. That's the biggest problem that that we're facing is recruiters are panic buying jobs Mm. to bolster their level of confidence and to feel better Mm. about potentially not filling them. Whereas if you only take on work that has a great brief, uh, is a a good quality client, the salary level is high, you can manage the expectation. If you're only taking on work that is vetted, Mm. then you know you will be able to find candidates for it because you know it's an appealing option, then you know you're going to fill it. You're retaining roles left, right and centre that are shit. Mm. Well, yeah, of course you don't want to retain work. Yeah. That's the problem, isn't it? I think people compare apples and oranges and I'm like, that's exactly it. They go, oh, I don't want 15 roles retained. I'm like, well, you're working on 15 contingent roles. There's no way in hell you'd want 15 retained. But then the other bent spec that they always push well, push back on me is, well, I'm not having a huge amount of success with the roles that I've got on. So I don't want to commit to a smaller amount of roles that I won't be able to fill. But I'm like, have you analyzed why you can't fill the 15 contingent roles? You haven't been briefed correctly. You haven't spent time getting to know the client. You haven't spent time actively headhunting. And by headhunting, I don't mean put people on a long list and fire off an in-mail but you have to do it that way when it's contingent because you don't have the time to do it in an individual way. And the minute you take on less and have it committed as work that you're guaranteed to be paid for, the search gets so much easier. You can do personalised approaches. You can really spend the time getting to know the client and work out what their flex is. I, you're looking for this, let's work out. I don't think it's realistic based on xyz i'll update you weekly brief changes because you're bringing them along the journey giving them a lot of information which you can't do if you're contingent because you don't have time you've got a much higher chance of filling it yeah but you can't compare oh i've got 15 roles and i don't have much success with candidates because there's no one out there so if i do that for five or ten roles i won't make any money it will be very, very different because you've got more time to allocate to an actual thorough search. And I'm not saying anyone that's listening, I know I'll get contingent recruiters messaging me going, contingent's amazing. I do all of that for my contingent roles and that's great. I'm just talking about people that are working 15 to 20 jobs. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do all of that for your contingent roles. You can make those exclusive roles. I think what the biggest question that you that that is left with people after we kind of open up this conversation is 
how, and so my question to you is, is how do you transition? I think that's the hardest thing for people because it's like, the, yes, people will be sold, as you said, but if you've already got an established client base, people are used to working with you on a contingent basis, if you need to absolutely adapt, it's like how do you, it's almost like you need to go and start from scratch again. It's like how do you actually transition a contingent desk into a retained desk? I think it's so easy. For a successful contingent recruiter, you have got such an easy opportunity to go to your top five clients that have got experience with you filling their roles. You've got demonstrated capability. At this point, I assume they like you and know you well enough and trust you. The conversation is actually an educational one. So my thing would be, well, actually, you as the recruiter need to understand the differences between retained search, the benefits to the client of them retaining you, and then actually educating the client because the clients often don't know. And I've been doing this for years. And when I talk about retained search, they're baffled that no one's really brought it up with them. Or if someone has, they haven't really explained it well, so they don't really understand. Pay an amount before. That's pretty much all they think it is until you explain to them what the actual service is and explain to them how a recruitment agency works in prioritising roles, how a recruiter's paid, and how it affects them as a client. What benefit is it to the client to retain you? And educating the client on that side, actually putting them in the headspace of, okay, great, this is how an agency runs, if they don't know. This is the difference between a retained search option, contingent option, exclusive option. Mm -hmm. These are the differences that you will see as the client. What service? And I think putting it back on the clients, not to go to your top clients and go, this is the only way I'll work moving forward. It's more about educating them and going, look, we're diversifying, diversifying our offerings and love working with you and we can continue working like that. These are the other options that I think would really suit our relationship and what you're looking for for the next five years. So it's very consultative and I think you need to give your clients, your, certainly your current clients, the opportunity to self-select those options rather than push it on them. But actually, it has to be of value to them. So the first thing is, what actually is the difference? Do you understand what you're offering as a retained search? Well, how, how is it different? What are you going to do that's going to be benefits to the client? Priority of service to candidates, different service level, weekly updates, the way you approach candidates, your advertising methodology, your sourcing methodology, is that going to be different for retained search versus contingent? If so, how does it affect the client? Yeah, yeah. So so as soon as, and that's where the click comes in for me with clients, it has to be their choice. And I think presenting them with a few options of how you can work and let them decide how they want to work with you because every single client to this day, thinks their role is the most important to their business. It's high priority, usually. Yeah. Every role they give to an agency. If it wasn't, they'd try and recruit it themselves. And so I think as long as, yeah, it, it, they just have to be educated. And for them to be educated, recruiters need to know what the difference is or what they're selling. Yeah, and I think as a recruiter, you also then have to be okay or or potentially then make decisions around big brand names that you're working with in terms of how you work with them because like a lot of recruiters still collect Mm. brands yeah like I'd rather work with x brand 
on a contingent basis where I'm one of six to say that I work with that brand and go and find a smaller fintech startup that hasn't worked with anyone else before that will use me exclusively like there is still this like gravitas we put towards towards working with like you know the big brands sexy brands and I I think the minute I stopped focusing on that in my recruitment career I started probably making more money because I wasn't chasing brand I was chasing clients based on my success would Mm. be them as opposed to like and like you still want attractive offerings for your Mm. candidates like yes all your candidates want to work for I won't name companies but do you know what I mean like you can still work with those clients but like those clients maybe have to be like your reverse market clients like they can't be your reliant where you spend all Mm. of your time so I I don't think it's about like Mm. discounting those clients but it is getting clear on like your top five clients Mm. should be retained 100% Fred, you've made me realise another point, which is the other pushback that I get. Oh, those big brands will never retain you. And I'm like, absolute bullshit. We've got quite a few big brand names. And within their PSA clients' bases, they don't retain. They've got terms and often they want you to sign their terms. And in fact, I've just signed terms with a really, really well-known brand this week that initially approached us and said, we'd love you to come on our panel. I'm like, no, not interested. We only do retain call us again a few months later and we just carried on going back and forth we provided a lot of value they ended up calling us last week going look we really want to work with you we need you to sign our terms for contingent recruitment but then you are able to agree with the hiring managers your own retained search process but we need you to be on the panel for that I'm like great I'll sign your panel agreement I don't care because we'll never take on panel work or contingent work yeah but then that opens it up. So those big brands do do retain search. It's just not on their panel agreement. Yeah, then you can still negotiate that. Yeah. I feel like I could, um, on this subject, right, you could just be talking and I could just, like, disappear. <laughs> and you would just keep going. And this episode would never end. Oh, my God, I can't get back up. Genuinely, I feel so pregnant now I can't get back up. I thought that was quite brave of you to be fair when you were going there. <laughs> I like recording these on Zoom now because you can only kind of. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't actually be able to tell you're pregnant. Oh, I love my bump though. Oh, it is very cute. What about, oh, no, that sounded no, really inappropriate. Not. I was going to say, why don't you give us a little flash of your bump? No, that's too exposing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Know. <laughs> Give us a flash of your bum. <laughs> no, I'm like, I said bump, not bum. Bump. <laughs> Either way, it seems pretty exposing, so I take it back. Either way, it's hugely demoralizing. <laughs> okay, I think that's it on that. We could talk about that forever, but I think that's some good food for thought. Mm. Oh, if you are interested, I'd just be keen to know if anyone's watching this on any platform. If this is something that you are going to be prioritising on your desk, I'd love to know. Um, just out of interest, because I just don't know if people are actually yeah. interested in transitioning to retained. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, guys. <laughs>